0: I need no one. Come on. Oh miss. Time. Make it this time. All right. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> hey Steven. Uh-huh. Hey, Steven. Uh-huh. Set up. Set up. Yes. <laughs> oh. Turn oh. down she just a little bit. Steven. Oh. Gosh. Now that. It's classic. That is interesting. Steven. Yeah, hey Evan, what's up? Yeah, I'm, just, I'm trying to write about justice today. All about justice? <laughs> here, sit down. Seriously, I know you're busy, but this is all about justice right here. Hockey is a beautiful sport. What makes hockey unique is that the players and the coaches play by a code of honor It's like they police themselves on the ice. They are the ones that maintain order. It's like this, your guy leans on me, I lean on him, so forth and so on. Okay. You maintain balance and order that way. The problem comes when sometimes you get a little elbow, a little trip, a little cross-check. That's when the refs intervene to restore the order that's been lost for whatever reason sometimes, just a penalty here and a penalty there isn't enough. Sometimes the players want to see blood. Sometimes there's a fight over there, and a fight over there, and a fight everywhere. And it's pandemonium, Evan. Here, pandemonium. Total chaos. And then what happens? I'll tell you what happens. What happens is the refs, they clamp down on the players. The refs clamp down. They clamp down on the game. They're scared. Does that sound like fun? I don't think so. You lose the freedom that the players have to police themselves from the very beginning. Oh, hey, Anthony.
1: The only thing the reps are trying to do is restore order. And when all that freedom and self-policing is gone, you get the most boring thing in all of sports. What's that? A managed game. a managed game.
0: That is not a beautiful thing to watch. Mm. Episode four, The Economy of Order. Genius. (laughs) This is the story of the bigger picture. Evan, welcome to Exile. The deeper mystery of faith. This is the story of God's mission in the world and our place in it. I'm Evan. Hi, I'm Evan. These are my friends.
2: Evan, what's going on?
0: And this is For the Life of the World, Letters to the Exiles. Okay, where were we? Oh yeah, this is Dr. Anthony Bradley. He's an associate professor of theology and ethics at the King's College in New York City. And he doesn't like hockey very much. He and Stephen Grable had another way to talk about justice and order, out in my new garden.
1: So let's talk about this idea of order and how it interacts and perhaps unpacks this idea of justice.
0: Order is sometimes very difficult to discern. Best way to figure it out is to just roll up our sleeves and get to work. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it.
1: Order helps us think about the ways in which God has set things up. You can think about it perhaps like a garden. The gardener has this this really provocative role at setting up the various plants and putting them around and uprooting some and putting them in different places so that they are positioned well to actually flourish themselves.
0: That's right, and remember, good gardeners don't make plants grow. They just cultivate the conditions where each plant realizes its natural, God-given capacities. Gardeners remove barriers to the flourishing and harmony of natural systems. They try to maintain, not manufacture order. I understand how things need order, but how does that translate to the real world, to God's economy of all things?
1: Just as a tree is a part of the creation, so is art and so is business, families, education, government. These are all actually parts of the creation itself. And just as we can think about that in in terms of the right ways to order those systems for the flourishing of human beings.
0: So why do things break
1: down? Sometimes a breakdown happens because we're irresponsible. We don't care about the flourishing of, of the creation. And when addressing breakdowns, we must always
0: respect the sovereignty God gave each sphere. If one claims too much authority and tries to force the other spheres to flourish, that'd be like an overly zealous gardener using too many artificial fertilizers, in which case the plants and soil are actually weakened. Um. Okay, but if we can get back to one thing because I haven't quite got it figured out. You keep talking about like all these spaces in society needing to harmonize together and that being something that contributes to flourishing, right? And if that's the case, how come I don't see more of that? How come I just see more hurting people?
1: You know, there's, there's one thing that really matters so much in this whole conversation about justice and order and flourishing and if we don't have this one thing, this whole thing just completely collapses. Okay, what's what's that? Hospitality.
2: Excuse me. Mr. Place?
1: The reason why there is still so much pain and dependency in our world, I'm sorry to suggest, is because of us, the church. In this we've abandoned our call to hospitality, one of the most ancient Christian virtues. True hospitality. And I'm talking about opening your door to the stranger.
2: Looking for somewhere to crash.
1: So I imagine you're pretty thirsty. I was just going to make lemonade.
0: Lemonade is something that I think really quenched your thirst. Because I've been outside in the garden all day. With my friends. Who are here. Hello? Hello?
2: Your dolls better have a seat. On a cold, bleak night long ago, a beggar wandered the streets looking for a warm place to rest his head. His wanderings seemed in vain, however, for there was no one who failed to recognize the notorious vagabond and thief, Jean Valjean. And so, weary and frozen to the bone, Valjean tried one last door, that of the town bishop. And to his surprise, the bishop welcomed him with open arms. The kind bishop fed the pitiful Valjean, and then he bid him good night. But Valjean, returning to old habits, plundered the bishop's home of its silver, and he stole off into the night. But he didn't get far. Come the morning, Valjean found himself once more in the bishop's home, this time escorted by the gendarme that had apprehended him. This man seems to have taken possession of all your valuables, father, but he claims you gave them to him as a gift. The pitiful Valjean sunk deeper into his shame, but the bishop, in kindness and grace, looked upon Valjean and said, Yes, it's true, I gave him those trinkets. But Valjean, you left so quickly that you forgot the second part of your gift. Then the bishop took his most treasured of possessions, his silver candlesticks, and offered them to the thief. Valjean was taken aback by the man's mercy. My good men, unshackle him. You may be on your way. Once the gendarme had left, the bishop told the thief, With this silver, I have ransomed your soul for Christ. Go now, redeemed and restored, and live a life worthy of this gift." And in that moment, the thief was forever changed, for he had never known such grace. have any Peter walking on water
1: You like it?